we officially call this now season two of Fumblegate. Season two, episode one. That's right. Jason Reaper, former Cincinnati Bengal Adam Keefe here this week. The officer not with us this week. He had some extra police duty he had to handle as well. So, you know, we thank you for joining us here with that. And with that, let's do all the social media stuff. Of course, on the Facebook here at facebook.com slash Fumblegate. On the Twitter, the at Fumblegate, follow the officer at FTP Cop. Mr. Keep your Twitter, please. At uh, Fumblegate Fatty. Fumblegate Podcast at gmail.com. We do have a new sponsor on board. want to thank the good folks at High and Tight have come on board here on Fumblegate this week. You can visit them, highandtight.com. And, uh, Adam Keefe, do you want to explain the folks kind of what High and Tight is all about? Yeah, so this is – it was uh, started by uh, um, a, former, or a fellow alumni of Central Michigan University. It's a, it's a system for uh, running backs or ball carriers in football to learn how to carry the ball properly. <clears throat> so the, uh, the they make a football that uh, has pressure points inside it, and you have to have the uh, pressure points – Push down and the nose of the football up. Proper carrying technique for it to, to give you positive reinforcement in the form of a beep. And uh, he's really been doing a good job getting his product out there. Uh, has quite a few NFL teams, a lot of college teams, and so on. High school teams that use the product. So go check him out, highandtight.com. If you got a, a young football player that's interested in uh, you know carrying the football at some point in time and they need somebody to uh, to help them with their proper technique. Buy one of the footballs. They come in youth sizes and regulation sizes for high school kids, college kids, NFL kids, any any uh, anywhere along the lines. They make a size for you. So check them out. If it's uh, something that you're going to be a ball carrier, I think it'll definitely benefit you. Football, maybe non-football related. Your biggest story since the since the end of the, the NFL season. The biggest thing to me has been the money getting thrown at these guys right now. It is astonishing the money he's getting thrown around, and, it, and I'll tell you what, it, I appreciate it. And I and I and I'm I'm not the bitter former player that there's there's a lot of guys out there on social media and so on that are angry about the money getting thrown at football players right now. But it's you know to, to is me, is it really their fault? No, it's it, it, it's the nature of the game, and it's what and it's what the game has become. But I, I'm happy to see that football is moving more toward guaranteed money. I'm glad that they're trying. Starting players are starting to demand contracts. Excuse me, that are are more in line with like an MLB or an NBA player, where that money is guaranteed. Because you know it, it, it's the most dangerous sport. It's the shortest career of all all of the professional sports, um, and they get they get paid good money. But all that money, people forget, is only only in play if you're playing. If you retire, if you have an injury, if you get hurt during a season, you lose a ton of that money. Well, and people, going to the guaranteed contracts, I think, has really been a positive for the NFL because it, it helps players out in the long run. Get all the guaranteed money you can. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that the biggest one that we can point to this offseason was Kirk Cousins uh, getting absolutely. $84 million guaranteed. $84 million guaranteed. And it, well, it's $82.5 guaranteed with three, three half-million-dollar workout bonuses. So he loses one and a half million if he doesn't go to workouts in the off season. But um, yeah, that that money and it's fully guaranteed. And I and I, and I had to go, I had to go look at it because in the past when people had said guaranteed money, that often included roster bonuses and, and sure. appearance bonuses and stuff like that. That is assumed that a player is going to do. 
it's assumed that a player is going to be on the team on December 1st and he gets a check for $2 million or whatever. No, this is 100% guaranteed. There is no extra rider with that. It's $82.5 million whether he gets cut, whether he gets hurt, whether he gets traded. It's getting closer. He gets that money. It's getting closer to contract structures like in Major League Baseball yeah. or the NBA where it doesn't matter if you're playing. It doesn't matter where you're playing. Yeah. You sign that contract. You're, you're, that, you're entitled you to money. all of it. You get that money. And, that, and that's the way, and people may not know this in the past, that's, that's not the way the NFL used to work. The NFL used to work as if you were no longer playing football, whether you were injured or retired or not with that team, that money went away. So when the contracts you used to see, when a guy used to get $50 million or whatever, if he gets hurt in year one, the only thing he got was a signing bonus and that first year salary. Well, Everything think, else doesn't happen. I think it's why we back back when you, you you were coming through the draft. And by the way, next week we'll go into more detail about your draft experience, how, yeah. everything you went through. But at that time, it was you know number one picks were getting seventy million bucks. Yeah. But it was always the number you would look at is that signing bonus, the twenty thirty million dollars signing bonus, because that was really the only guaranteed. That was the only part guaranteed money. Because if a guy if a guy you know gets hurt in a situation like mine, or you know even other teammates that I play with, a guy like Dave Pollock who didn't play out his whole uh, he made whole what, a year contract. a year and a half he yeah. made. And the, after he got his his neck injury, the rest of that money he didn't get any of that money because he was no longer on the team. He was no longer on the active roster. All that money that. Is supposed to be part of that contract. They don't get that anymore, mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't, didn't understand that. And that's why I, I appreciate, as a former player, despite the fact that I didn't play often, I appreciate that the NFL is moving towards that structure where a guy like an NBA player, or an MLB player, when they sign that contract, they're getting all of those dollars. Sure. And I'm glad the NFL is finally starting to move towards that kind of contract structure. For me, football-wise, there was a story, and, and again, if you've, if you've been with us, you know we operate out of the Cincinnati area, and so there was a story recently that happened here in Cincinnati that caught my eye and is just a, a laughable bit of hypocrisy. We all know Mike Brown's stance on guys who have issues with the law. Doesn't matter what regime you're under as far as different players go, so on and so forth. We saw it back in, you know, uh, I believe the second round pick in your draft. Odell Thurman. There you go. He's Chris, he, Chris Henry. He had, he had all the issues. I mean, you could go down the line. Yeah. Pac, recent, more recently, Pac Man Jones. Montez Burfecht. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon. So, so on and so forth. <laughs> it's over and over and over. So the, the Bengals host, Eric Reed, who has been a, a safety for the 49ers last few years, very good football player. Very good football player. Very good football player. And a lot of people would say. And he's, young, he's a young guy. He's only 25. Yeah. So very young. Relatively young. To you could get you, 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 you could have several more good years yeah, absolutely. out of him. Absolutely. He comes in for a visit to Cincinnati. And, and if you don't know the Eric Reed story, uh, he was one of the ones, along with Colin Kaepernick, who when the, when the, the anthem controversy happened he was one of the ones that kneeled alongside colin kaepernick so he comes in here for a visit and you're thinking this could potentially work the Bengals need a safety he's a he's a he's a young talented safety with everything that he's going everything that he's been up against as far as the controversy goes he wasn't already signed so he's probably relatively cheap and and that and we know that appeals to mike brown mike brown we Uh, all know mike brown as cheap as can be so if any money he can save and get a very good football player you think it would make sense to him so so the reports are that during the meeting everything went fine with marvin lewis terrell austin the defensive coordinator who's i think probably salivating to get someone yeah, like Eric by Reed. all accounts they got along very well in those meetings so eric reed goes and has goes and has a meeting with mike brown to you know discuss things probably you know fit m- maybe some contract numbers who knows 
but the reports are that Mike Brown proceeded to basically the entire meeting grill Eric Reed over him kneeling during the national anthem. Like that was almost the sole topic of discussion yeah. with within the meeting. That's that's you know, that what, you know are you going to continue to do this cuz nobody ever nobody's done this with Cincinnati. Nobody did that with the Bengals. I think there was a game before game they all locked arms in solidarity so on and so forth. And and Mike and Mike Brown has not so publicly stated, but it's it's out there that Mike Brown won't allow that on his team, and and that's fine. It's his right as an owner; he can't really stop the players from doing so. But just, we know his stance is against kneeling for the anthem, it, and, and and he's entitled to that opinion. He's entitled to shape his roster how he wants. It's his money. The level of hypocrisy that this goes to is laughable. Yes, not surprising. Given who it's coming from, no, it should be surprising, yeah. Because Eric Reed has never had an issue with the law that we know of, yeah. Outside of this, the the kneeling during the anthem thing with the with the 49ers, which he had, I, I think he had also said he wasn't sure if he would continue to do that or not. Yeah, he, and, he, and, and, by all accounts, he wasn't definitive on whether or not he would, and, and he just wasn't willing to give a definitive answer. He w- and and apparently that wasn't good enough for Mike Brown. But it goes back to what we talked about a moment ago. How many different t- stories out there have you folks seen a Cincinnati Bengal player getting arrested, getting questioned by police, this, that, and the other? You, you, we talked about the, the various run-ins with Pac-Man Jones, and not all those occurred while he was a Cincinnati Bengal. In fact, a lot of Mike Brown took a chance on him when everybody pretty much thought he was done done in the league because of everything that had happened to him that had gone wrong down in Tennessee, including being suspended for an entire season. The continual ongoings of Vontez Perfect, and, and now, of course, that does, this also happened during our time off, a four-game suspension for PEDs, which yep. is just laughable in itself that he's not only done what he's done on the field, he's now a cheater, a proven cheater. And we know, if, everybody knows, of course, what happened with Joe Mixon while he was at Oklahoma. And you, you'll have your people, and probably Mike Brown himself, if you could ever get it out of him in a private discussion, say, well, that happened at Oklahoma. That didn't happen while he was here in Cincinnati. It doesn't matter. That's the reason why Joe Mixon fell to the second round. Yeah. Because when he came out of Oklahoma coming into last year's draft, he was unquestionably a first-round talent, if not, a top, if not a top 15 talent. Yeah. But he fell there to the second round. So it's just so, so hypocritical. Yeah. You, you want to you take chances on guys who have had multiple run-ins with the law. Yeah. It, Pac-Man Jones, is he's got a rap sheet a mile long. You could go back to the, all, throughout the last decade and a half under Mike Brown. Like you said, your former teammate, Odell, Odell Thurman, Chris, the late Chris Henry, rest in peace, Slim, he had his issues with the law as well. You could go countless in between there. To me, it becomes a character issue because this, this is Mike Brown questioning his character and he doesn't appreciate his stance on the National Anthem and then that's part of, of Eric Reed's character. And if that is a character flaw to you, what what are all the other things that you allow players that have done all these other things that, uh, on your team? Speaking your what mind, does that, what does that say to, about you as d- an owner? Domestic that, violence is not a character yeah, issue. That's not a character issue. You know, anger issue. You know, anger issues. Punching a woman. You know, arrests, run-ins with the law, fights at bars, breaking bottles over people's heads, and so on sure. and so on. Why why are all those things not a big enough character issue for you to employ those guys? 
But a guy who won't make a definitive answer on whether or not he's going to kneel for the anthem is a character issue for you. It, 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 it astonished me because, like you said, it's it's a football player that can help the Cincinnati Bengals with their current situation. Tavon Austin, by all accounts, is a very interested party in this. Yeah. But at the end of the day, his boss, and, Mike Brown, says, you know what? Mm, this I, don't, is, I, don't, I don't like his stance. This has been the guy, been the owner who has been willing to take chances on guys that other that other teams wouldn't touch. I mean, Vontez Burfix is a perfect example of a guy who was a first-round talent coming out of Arizona State, but he had so many issues, character issues coming out of Arizona State that he went undrafted. And we've and you've seen what he's been able to do on the field when he's been on the field in Cincinnati. He's been a very productive player. Yeah. Now, of course, the character issues have continually shown themselves since he's been a Cincinnati Bengal, but nevertheless, it's just it's laughable and yet un- completely unsurprising that, that the meeting went this way and that again, this is all reported. And, of course, you'll never get the Bengals to, to comment on this because no. they don't comment on that, they on that comment, stuff. They don't comment on anything publicly. And, and they won't comment on this as well. But if, if those reports are true. It's, I, it's the entire NFL. And, and Cheer, my friend Cheerio made a good point here. It's the entire NFL because we're looking at the same thing with Colin Kaepernick still. Has a workout schedule with the Seahawks. Won't make a definitive answer on whether or not he'll kneel. They cancel the workout, can't, can't, and they sign another guy. Moving moving on from that point, again, if you have any thoughts on this, let us know on on uh, Facebook and the Twitter. Moving on now, uh, there seems to be possibly some issues arising in a place that we have rarely ever seen them happen. Yeah. And that, and that being up in Foxborough, the New England Patriots, you know, we all know what happened in, this, in the Super Bowl there. Everybody thought it was a shoe in the Patriots would win and, and Philadelphia upset them. But now you have some thing, interesting things going on here. I'm going to get your thoughts on here this year in just a moment. If you haven't really been keeping up with the Patriots, there's been a lot going on so far in the offseason for New England. Left tackle, Nate Solder, who you, seemed like a guy who was a Patriot for life guy. Yeah. He's headed to the New York Giants. He got himself a nice fat contract. A, a very fat contract. Yeah, Sixty million for four years. Woo. So for, for him, so get paid, young man. You get assume paid. you assume Eli's backside is, is protected for now. Hashtag Eli's fault. He had the issues with Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl. Doesn't play at all. Was told in warmups that he wasn't going to play. Yeah. Wasn't going to start. Didn't, and, and didn't play. By all accounts, still hasn't received a definitive answer on why he didn't. Never. Play. No. Never. And, and it, it won't ever come out because no, you'll, of course you'll not. never. You'll never get Belichick's side of it. And, and yeah. he's smart enough to keep his mouth shut because he wants to keep a job in the NFL. Danny Amendola received there. He's had concussion issues. He's gone to Miami, and of course, as soon as he signed, people started asking, "Well, what happened in New England? Why didn't you leave? Why'd you leave?" He said, first of all, they lowballed me," which kind of seems to be. People don't talk about that a lot. You don't see a lot of huge contracts being signed no, they, in New England. They, they will not overpay for players. They right. really won't. You're coming there for a chance to win. Yeah. It they doesn't, they it doesn't won't ma- overpay you. Right. If you want a chance at the Super Bowl, you're going to come there for what they're willing to pay you, and it's not going to be more than market value. Right. So, And then you had they asked him about, you know, did you get along with Belichick and whatnot? We said, well, Belichick is a <clears throat> expletive. It starts with an A, and there's an H halfway through the word. Yeah, yeah. You can figure, out, figure it out from there. They traded Brandon Cooks. To the L.A. Rams, so they do have two ones and two twos for the upcoming yeah. draft, and we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But Adam Schefter put out something that Tom Brady hasn't fully committed to playing this year. We all know he's coming back to play. Yeah, like, everyone expects I, him to. I haven't fully committed to drinking a sip of this whiskey yet. Okay, now I'm gonna. Now, now yeah. <laughs> and you also have other reports saying that uh, it, possibly there are issues between Brady and Belichick. That Brady. Yeah, I don't think they like the fact that Belichick got rid of Brady's training guru guy out of out of his office at Foxborough. I don't think Brady liked that, so maybe it dates back to that. But there's reports of Brady possibly leading a quote unquote revolt 
against Bill Belichick. Who know? You don't know, but it just there's a lot of headlines here for New England yeah, that we don't normally see. It's it's the most turmoil that we've seen in New England, and it's 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 probably a bit overplayed because it's New England. I don't think it's any more turmoil than other teams may have. I, I think the Gronk and Brady issues are are non issues, particularly with Brady. You know, Gronk. He's kind of a wild card. I think at the end of the day, he still plays football. I think it's the injuries more than him, not not yeah. just not just Gronk being Gronk. No, I, I think I think he's been beat up. He's a lot. seriously considering it. Uh, at the end of the day, I think he ends up playing too. Tom Brady is playing football next year, one hundred percent. I don't know who who the the fact that they're saying he's waffling on his decision. Or and, and, and by the way, he's yeah, playing next season in, in New England. In New England, yeah, he's not going anywhere. No, he's he's retiring. He may retire after winning a Super Bowl again. Who knows? But Tom Brady will play next season in New England for Bill Belichick. I think all of this, again, is I think it's just blown a little bit out of proportion because it's New England, and it looks like turmoil, and it's maybe not. Because we've had other players leave teams and say that the coach was a butthead. We've had other players you know, say, oh, they lowballed me. They didn't think I was worth what I was worth. I, I just think it's because of the team that this becomes a, a bit more of an, of an issue. But... Um, you know, it's it's not it's not that surprising. I, I understand, you know, that we there was questions at the end of last season about Belichick and Brady, and when either one of them would retire, would they do it together? Are they is there dissension amongst them? Now? I still think they're going out together. Yeah, I still do too. And, and at the end of the day, I, this this might be one of those situations where this this again. Some of this might just be Bill Belichick playing Bill Belichick's game and saying, Us hey, Tom, Sam. Tom you, yeah. you go ahead and do whatever you want in the offseason. We'll make it think like you're not coming back. Whatever. Bill Belichick is the smartest head coach in the NFL. And at the end of the day... Maybe the smartest ever. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, they're going to get it figured out, and yeah. it's all going to be fine, and all this will blow over. But it is. It, it's the most turmoil that we've seen amongst the Patriots. And, and so it is, it is a little confusing, but at the end of the day, I think most of it is a non-issue. We 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 missed right now if we didn't mention what the Cleveland Browns and the, and their off season, and and it's actually I think for me at least going in a direction that we, would be surprising given kind of our track record here on Fumblegate where, <laughs> where we've always been with the uh, with the Cleveland Browns hashtag ugh, Cleveland. Ugh, Cleveland. There you go, officer. That's for you. They do lose a Hall of Fame left tackle and Joe Thomas and, oh, and you know the sad for everyone. We need a moment of silence for Joe. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Joe, Joe, by the way, Joe, I know you won't listen, but if you do one day, we're going to miss you, buddy. I think the whole NFL is going to miss Joe Thomas yeah. because if if you can appreciate football and particularly offensive line play, the way Joe Thomas played football, the streak he had of never missing a snap in his entire career. Six, six million straight snaps. Yeah, you you can't you can't discount the fact that Joe Thomas on a not very good franchise on a so, not very good team was the best player in the offensive line realm in the NFL for a long, long time. And Joe, good luck in retirement. More power yeah. to you. We're going to miss you, buddy. They signed Chris Hubbard to replace him. He got a nice contract himself. He got some pretty good money. Yeah, I mean, they, 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 they went out and, and, and Cle- got a tackle. Cleveland has money to spend. They, they have a lot of they money They have to more spend. money to spend than anyone. So Which they, is why I'm surprised they didn't go after a bigger, bigger quarterback they, name. But, you they know, started, they, they 
got to protect the guy too. So they went out and got a pretty good. And tackle. they started adding some pieces as well. You know, they 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 made the move for Tyrod Taylor. They made the move for Jarvis Landry, which was I think a steal for Cleveland. What they gave up, it was what, a four and a seven for, yeah. for Jarvis Landry yeah, they got for it. a number they got one receiver. Yep. You signed Carlos Hyde, presumably at least at this point to be your starting running back. And by the way, Cleveland still has the number one and number four picks in the draft. So. Are we actually impressed by what the Cleveland Browns have done this offseason? They have a new general manager in Elliott Wolf, so it's a different change. We're not going by the sabermetric stuff anymore. Yeah, no, I, the previous I, regime, I, I'm, but I'm impressed. I, uh, I'll, I be too. Honest, I'll be honest with you. I, do, do I think this makes them any kind of contender? Absolutely not. Not do yet. I, do I think that this is putting them in a position? It's laying the foundation. Yes, it is. And it, it's one of those things that between changing GMs and coaches in the past, Cleveland hasn't had the time to do because nobody well, nobody gets the time to, to and, do what they're trying to do. And that's another part of it. They decided to stick with Hugh Jackson despite the fact yeah. he's 1-31 yeah. in two seasons. They're sticking with him, and seemingly they're going to give him a chance. It's, it's a very anti-Browns offseason for them because yeah, they, they, they're trying to improve. Yeah, and they've gone out and made signs. Like, again, like you said, Jarvis Landry, they signed a guy. Joe Thomas retires. They go out, spend some money on Chris Hubbard, who's by all accounts a very good left tackle. They get Carlos Hyde to be your running back. You know, how long, how long we'll see when the draft, if that remains true. But, you know, they're, they're putting pieces in place uh, that, that makes it look like obviously not this season, but that they're building for the future. And, you know, it's one of those things that ownership is going to have to make the decision. Are we going to continue to ride this? Because in the past, they have not. In the past, it's, you know, Pull your, plug. Your, co- your coach is lucky to get through a season and a half, and he's gone. The GM who hired him, he's gone too, and then you start all well, over again. Does it, uh, put, does it now in your mind put pressure on Hugh to, you You got to win? He's got to win something. He got to win something. You can't I mean, go on sixteen again. There's, there's not, there's not a snowball's chance what, in hell if he goes on sixteen. He keeps his job. What if? Would you consider this a successful year in Cleveland if they get to five wins? At five and eleven? Yeah, absolutely. One win in the past two seasons and they get to five. Five and eleven would be an improvement. Uh, I, I, I think. You know, we'll have to see where the draft goes because the, the Browns still have a chance to Cleveland up the uh, Cleveland up the draft. <laughs> Um, we'll see what happens with the draft, and and, it, it, and they're going to be riding a lot on a quarterback. They are going to be putting all their chips in a rookie quarterback basket. Um, that and, and, and you make the wrong well, decision there, you can put yourself in a big one, hole. One thing there, though, you can say though is unlike Cleveland teams of the past, they now have a safety net in Tyrod Taylor. If they don't, if they draft a rookie, which we think they're going to do. If they draft one and maybe he doesn't necessarily win the job initially, you've got a, a guy who's proven he can do some yeah. things in the league. Ty, and Tyrod Taylor. Taylor's not a bad quarterback, and, and again, you know the guy with the jersey. I think he finally retired it, but no matter what, the first the first game of the season, he's gonna be putting another name on the back of that jersey. Yeah, but uh, you know, I I, th- I think they do have a safe net in Tyrod Taylor. Uh, you know, they're gonna be putting a lot of a lot of faith in uh, whatever rookie quarterback, whether it be number one or number four, but. You know, I, I really think they are. They're they're finally looking like the anti Cleveland of the past, where they're building for the future. It's not, it's not such stupid off season moves, or not, not really putting in the time and effort to to kind of create a franchise that's looking for the future. They finally seem to have found a group that is all on the same page with what they're trying to do. Going into the draft, they have the number one and the number four pick. We'll focus on number four. Do they keep four? Number one. Number two, should they keep number four? Or do they move back to stockpile more picks? I am of the belief that, number one, the moves you made now, 
add to your team now. We've seen the last I think, yeah. two or three years they keep moving, moving, trading picks in the current draft to move back to the next draft. Now you, you've struck gold because Houston wound up being terrible this year. After the Deshaun Watson injury, you got the fourth pick out of the deal. Strike now while the iron's hot. Yeah. And if you believe that you want to get your quarterback and, and running back combination set for the future, and I know you added Tyrod Taylor, and I know you added Carlos Hyde, those guys are not long-term answers. Hyde has had a nice career in San Francisco. Tyrod Taylor's been kind of up and down in Buffalo, started in Baltimore, then and went to Buffalo. If I'm the Cleveland Browns at this point, knowing that there is plenty of quarterbacks available and they're going to have their pick at that point, why do you not take Saquon Barkley with the number one pick, knowing that you're going to have your choice of quarterback at the number four spot? Unless you are so in love with one guy, and I don't see a guy in the list of quarterbacks that we see possibly six in the first round that's a clear-cut number one no, uh, of and, all the guys. And, and, and if you look through mock drafts, there's not a single person no. who agrees with anybody else. There is no, there is no Andrew Luck the, the in this draft. The only, one, the, one, the only one I've yet to see at number one is Mayfield. Mayfield's the only one I've yet to see at I number one. I think it's because he's a system guy. Yes, and, but, but everybody, everybody has him gone before eight. So, right. So he's still one of the top four guys. So I agree. If 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 you the the thing is, and we talked again, we talked about this before we got in the air. If you can convince uh, if you can convince the Jets and the Giants behind you to not take the guy that you're in love with for the quarterback, Barkley can be your number one well, pick. The, Absolutely. The wild card there is, you know, I I don't know that necessarily the Giants are sold on taking a quarterback at, with the second pick. Then they, they may not be. They may they may be thinking. Saquon Barkley, that, and that's, if, and if that's what I'm saying. Eli's got two or three and, more years. And, 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 and even Saquon if you call, makes more sense. even if you call those teams up and say, you know, you know, are you please don't take him, please don't take him. They're not bound no, by anything. They're, they're they get to there and say, oh yeah, well, well, if you don't want to take him, then maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. you want to pony up yeah, and come maybe, on up to number two. You want to, with us. Yeah, you yeah. want to come up to number two. That, that's where I'm thinking this one. I know a lot of people are thinking, you know, Bradley Chubb, the defensive end from NC State, to Cleveland at number four. You can't. I don't think you can go wrong with that either, because then you pair him with Miles Garrett, yeah. and you have a potential a, wrecking force at your defensive end spot yeah, for the next that's, decade. That's a, that's a scary proposition to try and get outside on either of those. Two. Right, and, 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 you know, Chubb is a, a freak of an athlete. You know, four six five forty for a defensive end is pretty darn fast. That's the only other route I see. I see them going with that. But for me, if I'm Cleveland. I see what Saquon Barkley is and can be. He is a guy, is, is, is a three-down back that you can have, possibly have in your backfield for the next eight to ten years and, yep. and be in the mold of a Todd Gurley with the level of product, productivity, even though you lost your, your Hall of Fame left tackle and Joe Thomas. That's where I would go if I'm Cleveland. I'm, I'm looking at Barkley at number one, and I have my choice at number four. And if someone really wants a quarterback at number four, the asking price just went way up. Yeah. If, if I if I go that route, so again I, they're yeah. not they're in a spot where they really cannot screw this up. Your thoughts on Lamar Jackson going through the draft process without an agent? Stupid. Uh, for those of you who don't know, standard maximum that an agent can charge you is three percent of every dollar you earn. So three pennies on every dollar you earn go to your agent, no matter what. What people may not know uh, on top of the on top of the contract is that. You can negotiate a different number. You can negotiate with your agent, and and for a guy who's a potential first round pick, he can probably get that number to somewhere in the one one and a half percent range. And I understand you want to, as a young kid, you want to make as much money for yourself as possible. You don't want to pay an agent. 
NFL contracts in the first round in the, in the entire draft are slotted. You are going to make what you're going to make, save bonuses and, and performance and, and so on. Your base salary, your base signing bonus is slotted. So there's nothing to say that you can make any more or less than the guy in front of you, behind you, etc. That being said, whoever's giving him advice is an idiot because he's not getting sound advice. Why the guy who's potentially the fastest guy in the NFL draft not running a forty? Didn't run it at the dra- didn't run it at the combine, and then what surprised me more because we've seen a lot a lot at the combine. A lot of guys skip their forty at the combine. Don't That's even run, fine. He didn't run it at his pro day. Didn't run it at his pro day. And, and, and the argument here is he doesn't want to run a 40 because he doesn't want to show how fast he is because teams will potentially think of him as a receiver. They want to try and convert him to a receiver, kind of like the Terrell Pryor. But the, the problem with that theory, whoever, whoever's giving him that theory, is that the people who value him as a quarterback value him higher than people who value him as a receiver. He's going to get drafted as a quarterback before he would get drafted as a receiver. So the only thing that running a 40 can do is going to help you. It's not going to hurt you, because no matter what, as long as he runs a sub four nine, he's fine. Uh, and by the, all accounts, he can run a sub four four. The game tape is out there anyway. Yeah, the, everyone knows what you can do on the football field. So why not go blow the forty out of the water and show everybody that you are the fastest, most athletic quarterback to come into a draft since Michael Vick? Why not do that? The other thing that that I think he's hurting himself is by he's not doing appearances. He's doing nothing. He is the most popular person in Louisville, Kentucky. He's doing and nothing. And he's not doing appearances. Well, the thing is, too, you, you, we've, we talked about this before before we came on, that there are instances where like teams can't even get a hold of him. Yeah. like team, They can't. They can't literally can't get him on the phone to talk <laughs> so to him. So apparently the only numbers out there to get a hold of Lamar Jackson are Lamar Jackson himself and his mother. And so the only two people that teams can call to get a hold of him mm-hmm. are himself and his mother – and the teams are reporting that they are calling both numbers and not getting responses. What kind of business strategy is that? You're hurting yourself. That's not helping you. Because at this point, you don't know what team is highest on you. You don't know where you're most likely to go. So you should be talking to everybody who calls And by you. the way, wasn't there a report came out that he didn't exactly blow away the Wonderlick test? No, his Wonderlick was very suspect. 12, I believe. Which not very That's not good. strong. I mean, no. and, and, and the Wonderlick test is not always an indicator of you know sustained success. Dan Marino got a ten, so so take it for what it's worth. Yeah, it's, 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 it's it Fitz, possible Fitz, to be Fitz, successful. Fitz Magic got like a, a perfect score, like a thirty-five yeah. or thirty-six. On Fifty. It. Okay, okay, that he he got a, he he nailed he nailed the Wonderlick test, and he's had a nice career. But again, nobody looks at Ryan Fitzpatrick as an elite guy, so yeah. it, it's it's not always an indicator of that. It's but con- a lot of it's people confusing. I don't I don't understand. Whoever's giving me the advice, he's doing such a disservice to himself. Again, he's, he he could be making himself money right now. He could be doing appearances in Louisville. He could be getting a hundred grand a pop to do appearances. Okay, you didn't want to give your agent three three grand out of that hundred grand, but you're not doing any of them, so it doesn't matter. I think everybody is looking. Bradley Chubb is the first defensive player yeah. off the board. I, I, I agree. I think I think he is. I, you know, some people have started to make comparisons with him. The guy like Von Miller, you know, line, linebacker. He he's a he's a difference maker on defense. And again, you know, like we just mentioned, if if the Browns go with him at four, no one's going to be upset about that. Either. Can't go wrong with it because you have two. Try getting to the edge on both of those guys. No, because they. they 
know, especially they, in a division where you have you know you have Andy Dalton who doesn't exactly have a great offensive line in front of him. No, you uh, have a beat up Ben Roethlisberger who's taken a lot of poundings over the years, and and, and their offensive lines kind of been up and down. Of course, they've been had a lot of injuries, and then you have hashtag not elite Joe Flacco. Yeah. So you you if you put those two if guys you on the outside, the quarterback in the in the uh, and you need North, to be able to do that in, that, in yep. this division. And you and you put those two guys. Uh, you know, rushing the quarterback every play—it's—it's—it's it's, it's going to cause some problems for some offensive lines. It, I, I again, I think I think I agree. I think he's the first defensive player taken, and if the Browns take him at yeah. four, and and Barkley doesn't go at four, and because if, if he goes at four, then Tampa Bay might get Barkley at seven. He might fall all the way to seven if that's the case. So you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. And, and again, we'll do our predictions next week. Right. It'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. But it, it's going to be a lot of fun. How about Roquan Smith as a Oakland Las Vegas Raider at yeah. number ten? Yeah. See, he's an undersized linebacker at six foot, two hundred thirty-five pounds, but he runs a four five four five one forty. You imagine him running sideline to sideline with Khalil Mack on the yeah. other side, and that goes into an area kind of like the Garrett and possible Chubb tandem yeah. in Cleveland. You have a couple of frightening linebackers. Yeah, two middle linebackers who can cover the and, entire field. And that's and, and Oakland needs that, especially at the linebacker spot, because their passing defense the last number of years has been dreadful. <laughs> they, it was week week thirteen or fourteen before they finally got an interception. And it cost Jack Del Rio his job. Yeah. Out there and it's, you know, it's gonna be it's this, this, this draft and, and brought and, the um, turkey hole. <laughs> the turkey hole. Hey, just <laughs> put it in there right behind the safety as the turkey hole. Um, yeah, this this one's going to be fun because you know maybe it's because of the show that we're paying a little bit more attention. But I, it, it, there's a lot of exciting stuff that's happening in this draft between yeah. the quarterbacks, a guy like Saquon Barkley, and Nick Chubb. There's there's a lot of fu- kind of fun stuff. The trading we've already seen to, to kind of jockey for position and it, what we think is still going to happen going forward. And that's the thing Tuesday, is. It, Thursday. We all know these. There's going to be a flurry of trades coming. Yeah, you know there were some. You know, there's been some ones last year. Whoa, what are they? Or like, for example, Kansas City trading up to number ten to take Patrick Mahomes yeah. last season. Nobody yeah. saw that coming. But no. no one. I don't think a lot of people are looking at this top ten, maybe even top fifteen draft order, and saying this is how it's going to be next uh, next when the NFL draft uh, comes along. Yeah. Another guy, and we're going to ta- we're going to talk about here real quick who will not be likely will not be called in the first his name will not be called in the first day, probably won't be called in the second day. He'll have to wait till day 3. Is the best story in this draft, the uh, Central Florida linebacker safety, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I call him just awesome. Shaquem Griffin, who if you don't know the story, yeah, he, he, he only has the, only has the one hand. The other one had, had to have amputated when he was very young, but nevertheless, he ripped things up playing at uh, at Central Florida. He covers Defe- ri- defensive player of the year, he ripped, MVP of their bowl game. Ripped it up, ripped it up down there. Uh, hashtag national champs. Go Knights. Go Knights. Yeah, uh, it went through and just ripped up the combine to shreds oh, how good he was at the one, combine unbelievable one of the best performances i've seen at the combine and, and again one of those things that you don't pay a lot of attention to no but you look at the numbers that he put up at the combine and it is disgusting what, four five forty four four five you ran a four three eight forty okay four three you're right you're you right four three eight forty. For, for a guy who's considered you're a safety linebacker a safety a safety linebacker and the only the only guys who ran the Two, only two receivers ran a faster two forty. Re- receivers, receivers, yeah, guys who are supposed to run fast. And then uh, two of them ran a faster forty than he did. And then, and then he goes and does the bench press at the combine. He has to put a prosthetic on his on his left hand 
to uh, to do that. And of course, if you don't know, the bench press is two hundred twenty five pounds. He does what twenty reps? Twenty reps at two twenty at two twenty five. Which is which is impressive for for most linebackers. That's impressive, but you, this guy has one hand. And in, in comparison, there Orlando Brown, a left a tackle from Oklahoma, who's like six nine and. 350 pounds. He's a monster. By all accounts, is probably a first round draft pick. He did, I think, 12? 12. 12 reps? That's astonishing. It's, uh, the, the, and, 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 and then Brown is threatening your 40 time. Yeah. At the combat as well for, for slowest 40 time. Ever. Yeah. He, he didn't, I don't think he did himself any favors no, with he that did, one. He didn't. His, his combat really did hurt him. It's not going to change his paycheck too much, but, but it did with, hurt him. With Griffin, a lot of people are looking at him as probably. At best, a fourth round pick, yeah. probably five. Yeah. I think a lot of people slotting him through there. It's you look at him saying if he, if you know, he didn't have didn't have the issue where he had to have his hand amputated and was able to you know have all of his all of his faculties. You're looking at him. You were thinking before he came on, pop, pop, maybe a second round draft pick. Yeah, if with he, the way he is, yeah, honestly, and, 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 no bones about it. If the kid has two hands, he's a second round draft pick. Mm-hmm. That's the the only reason that he's not a second round draft pick is he's got one hand, and it's a shame because he's a he's a great football player. Everybody's told him over and over and over again he couldn't do it. No colleges gave him shots. He ends up at UCF with his twin brother Shaquille, who uh, is in the NFL already. He's in Seattle. He's in Seattle playing playing very good football in Seattle. By the way, nobody gave this kid a shot, and he he comes in. He waits. He waits his time in U, at UCF. Mm-hmm. He he. You know, does the scout team thing. He waits his time, bides his time, bides his time. Junior year, he comes out. He starts playing well. Senior year, the kid becomes a monster. Mm-hmm. He's the defensive player of the year for the conference. He's the MVP of the bowl game against Auburn, against the team who beat the eventual natural cha- national champs. Goes to the combine, absolutely kills it. Four three eight forty. Which, for those of you who don't understand, that is a full second faster than I've ever ran a forty in my life. It's was it a second and a half faster than your combine time. Yeah, that that forty <laughs> that forty time for a, a linebacker is unbelievable. It does twenty reps, which for any linebacker is a, a, a for large anyone, number of reps. Anyone for, twenty but, reps. Twenty twenty reps is kind of the baseline for offensive linemen. What did you right? do at the combine? I did twenty eight. You did twenty eight. Okay. So he's eight reps less than me, and I and I got two hands. He's only got one. It's a shame that. People are discounting him because he only has one hand, but it's happened to him his entire life, and he's made the most out of it. He's going to be an NFL football player. It's an amazing story. Again, if you haven't seen anything on it, do do a Google search. Go check him out. It won't take you long. Yeah, learn about the kid. He's an awesome kid. He's a, yeah. he's a great football player. He's an even better human. You know, go out there, research it. You know, learn about the kid. I can't wait to see where he goes on draft day. Whatever team ends up with him, it's going to be an amazing, amazing steal for them because he's going yeah. to go in and kill it. There is a there is not one team where you could look at and say not a fit. No, not 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 only for what he can do for you on the field because you you already know with a guy like that he is going to play with reckless abandon yeah. because he's what, is, what you, does he have to lose? He's going to give you 100% yes. of what he has and, in his and, body, and he's going to do it, and, he, he, and he will, he's going to be successful. And, There's nothing in his life that has stopped and, him thus far. He's going to be successful. And probably two-thirds of the teams in the league, he will walk in at rookie minicamp, and he will be the highest character kid on the roster. He's a difference maker. Like he, he's, he's a kid that... You want him in your locker room, and, and there's nobody that has said a bad word about this character ever. He no. is an instant 
facelift for your entire franchise, yeah. and he's going to be a successful football player. I wish the best for him. I hope that he does everything that he can. I hope the guy makes a pro ball. I hope he's all pro. I hope he ends up as a Hall of Famer. It, Get yourself you, one of these monster guaranteed deals. You want that kid to be successful. If you don't want that kid to be successful, something's wrong. With you're you. you're a bad person. You're just an awful person. Yeah, you're you're a bad person. So, with that the night very nice story of Shaquem Griffin, of course, we we do wish the best of luck to him going ahead to the draft. That'll wrap up this week here on Fumblegate. We'll have an extended NFL draft preview next week when we have the officer back with us, so we'll get into even more in detail. Predictions. Predictions, maybe something of a mock draft here for you from us here at Fumblegate. Of course, follow us on the Facebook at facebook.com slash Fumblegate. Follow us on the Twitter at Fumblegate. Follow the officer at FGP Cop. Mr. Keep your Twitter. Fumblegate Fatty. Highinsight.com. Any uh, youth football players out there, high school, college, need to work on your ball handling skills. They can hurt, certainly help you out at highandtight.com. Fumblegatepodcast at gmail.com. Sponsorship opportunities are open to you as well. And with that, we will say goodbye for now and we will see you next week here on the Fumblegate Podcast.